Welcome to the Confidence and Communication Podcast. I'm your life coach, Jessica Dumas. I'm a professional speaker and coach who empowers women everywhere to use their voice to take up space and change the world. My goal is to help you speak with clarity and confidence while giving you practical guidance and tools by sharing real life experiences of overcoming. So turn up the volume and grab a pen. You're gonna wanna write this down. Jessica Dumas Coaching and Training and the Confidence and Communication Podcast is overflowing with appreciation to our first podcast sponsor, The Johnston Group, Inc. The Johnston Group provides employee benefits to more than 30,000 businesses across Canada. Thank you so much for supporting my vision and investing in the podcast. Please accept my extreme gratitude, which will help get the message of self-love, healing, and growth out to a greater audience. Today, I have a very special interview. It was so much fun to record. Thank you so much to Angie. My guest was Angie Lamarant. She has over 20 years of experience in the industry. She's no stranger to live event and marketing in business. From conception to execution, promotion and marketing, her vision and creative style have helped her place her at the top of her field. She is set apart by her diverse expertise ranging from traditional marketing and promotions in radio, print, television to online marketing and social media, sponsorship sales, publicity and event management. So, so talented. She does this locally, nationally uh, and in the US. Her live event management includes film uh, film and music festivals, fundraisers and concerts, fashion shows, conferences, workshops, media conferences, gala dinners, cocktail parties, and so much more. Thank you so much, Angie, for spending some time with me, sharing your experience and your stories on the Confidence and Communication podcast. And to our listeners, I hope that you love it as much as I do. So let me know your thoughts, share a screenshot on Instagram, and tag me at jessicadumas.ca and tag Angie at talk to pop or it's Angie magic. Enjoy. All right. Welcome Mm -hmm. to the podcast today. I have an interview that I'm about to do with a wonderful human being who makes me feel things in my heart, makes my heart feel warm when I see her and when I talk to her. Her name is Angie Lamarand. We're going to talk all about her career and all about life as we know it. And we've become friends just over the last year. Maybe it hasn't even been a year. No. We've been following each other on Instagram for longer than that. She's the co-owner of Pop Entertainment and Management, which is a full-service public relations company who does marketing, social, live events, and more. And I'm going to share a little bit more about her personal experience in here. But other than that, we're going to dive into our conversation today. Thanks so much for taking some time to share with me today, Angie. Welcome. Thanks for having me. I am a big fan of your podcast and you. And I've loved following your journey over the last few years. And just watching you grow and shine in your business has just been so, so, so amazing. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that because as you know, there's so much work that goes into being that behind the scenes. Like I shared when we started our chat, I I know that this conversation is going to be really deep. And for 
people who are going to be listening to it, I like, I have no doubt they're going to have so much to take away. But at the same time, I'm like, where do I start? I think what I want to start with is I love events and you love events. Yeah. And I've always been really curious about how exactly you run your business because I feel like you do a few different things. Well, like in event, <laughs> to so- say the least. <laughs> the least yeah so tell me a little bit about your career and like how did you get started in doing what you do um I kind of fell into it I knew I always wanted to work in music of some kind I had a baby very young so I didn't have the opportunity to go to school beyond grade 12 so I ended up taking a business admin kind of admin assistant course through EI while I was in paternity leave. And through that, we got to do a work placement. And I wanted to go to CKY television. And they said, they'll never take you. They only take journalism students. But I decided to be brave. And I phoned the HR manager at the time. Her name is Eileen Curtin. And she said she would love to have me for the four weeks. And so I went, I worked in HR, I was her assistant, but I got to know all kinds of things in the building. And then I worked some relief reception and got to meet all kinds of interesting people. Fast forward, I needed to do another six-week Matley or a six-week uh, work placement, and she wanted me back. And the school was saying, no, you have to go do something else. But Then she said, what if I turn it into a job, which ended up being a mat leave position. So my six-week work experience turned into a six-month mat leave position in the programming department. So I got to run around the building and hand out schedules. And I, again, worked at the reception desk. And I got to meet all the people in Winnipeg that were in television. The 92 City FM and KY58 Radio were attached at the time. And so I also got to see everybody coming in and out of that building. That spawned into me working in the radio station for six months. And during my time at reception, I was, you know, I got to meet everybody. So this woman named Diane Cashton came in to interview for the promotions director job at CKY TV. And we just hit it off. She got the job. I moved over to radio and then we just always talk and hang out and my term is coming to an end. And she said, I think that you'd be great as a marketing assistant for Polo Park Mall. And so she knew somebody over there, got me an interview. I got the job. And that was like, that's when I was in events because mall at the time, the mall did all kinds of events from sidewalk sales to fashion shows to, and, and with my experience in music and my connections in music that I've made, I'd made working in TV and radio, I knew all the record reps. So um, we cooked up some plans to have, we had the Moffat, they were Canadian boy band superstars at Polo Park Mall in Centre Court. And like we were innovating with Q94 at the time, we were posting live pictures from the event. This is like before streaming. And yeah, it was amazing. And then I had another baby and went on maternity leave and the 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 birth of the Sears version of Eaton's came about and so I applied for the in-store marketing manager which was really event focused and live activation focused and that was kind of the the idea of the store 
the new general manager, was on my marketing committee board at the mall. He knew me and I loved him. Like he was one of the greatest bosses I ever had. And I got that job. And so I was animating the store and doing all kinds of things. And I had a massive marketing budget for local sponsorships. So I got to meet more people. And then I joined the Art and Soul Committee and we sponsored Art and Soul and sponsored Get Together Downtown and all kinds of things and the Jazz Fest. And unfortunately, the stores closed after 18 months. I was devastated. It was my favorite job that I ever had. Um, just coming up with events like on on a weekly basis, like we I had to have like three events going every single week in the store. So with my sponsorship of the Jazz Fest, I got to know everybody over there. And they convinced me to come and work with them and be their publicist. I'd never been a publicist before. And they said, we'll train you. So it's just kind of evolved over time and just the right opportunities, being nice to people, working hard and, you know, taking some additional training along the way. I took advertising and promotions at the University of Winnipeg. I took uh, media buying through the Ad Association and just kind of figured it out, you know? Oh, I love that. It's such an exciting journey. And it like, it sounds like everything just happens so naturally. You're just going about it, you know, doing what you felt was fun and right. Like, it's so hard to follow that fun. Like, did you feel like you were following fun? Did you feel like you were following intuition (laughs) or what was happening? I don't think I understood intuition at that time. I think that I was following it, but not realizing what it was. It's like gut instinct, you know, and I remember like watching Oprah back in the day and she's like, you were given a gut instinct for a reason. Trust it. And I'm like, okay, like what's my gut instinct and trying to figure that out. Right. I'm like, okay, if something feels right, like it's a hell yeah. Right. So I also though had to do things that didn't feel good. And, you know, I had two kids and, you know, sometimes it was, I had to do things that you know, was we're just going to feed my family. And, you know, there were moments of like struggle along the way. I'd always had a side hustle. I always wanted to make as much income for myself and my family as I could using whatever I had. You know, I think that I consider myself a pretty resourceful person. And I try to be optimistic about possibility. You know, I can get down just like everybody else. But I think that that's one of the the drivers for me is just believing that I can do it. Right. How exciting. Yeah, I absolutely love that. And, and I think about like myself as a single mom as well, raising three kids and trying to figure out as I went and I feel the same thing about like the language, right? We didn't know intuition. Yeah. We didn't know that language, gut feeling was the words that we used. Follow what makes you happy. Things that we didn't really understand, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that was really hard as a single parent. So when you say like I had to do things that I didn't like to make money, like there were some times where I did like writing or I did jobs that I hated, but I was like, I, I got to feed my kids this weekend. Like, yeah. And I, I figured out how to like make PowerPoint presentations. And so I, I had a little side hustle doing PowerPoint presentations for people or, you know, and I don't, to this day, I don't love writing. I like it, but I'm, I like um, writing for marketing and coming up with like flowery kind of writing, but technical writing isn't really my jam. 
So trying to find kind of a way kind of through all that, because I, again, like I, you know, I have a high school education, Mm -hmm. so I don't have university and trying to fake it till you make it sometimes, (laughs) knowing that, you know, my belief in my ability to learn and do the things that felt fun and felt interesting. I didn't want a boring job. Oh, I love that. I love that you, you knew that was possible too, right? Because same thing for me. I didn't, I knew I wasn't here to be regular. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I love that. (laughs) I knew I was here to do something other than what I hadn't seen before, even though that was fucking hard. There were so many times I hated it. And when I hear you talk about that evolution and taking all of those steps, what comes up for me is I remember how many times I had to learn something new. And I was like, why do I have to learn something new again? So (laughs) what was that like? I feel I feel you, you know, and at the same time, getting to work in such exciting industries, it felt overwhelming, for sure. And I'm like, am I in over my head? And I wanted to learn it, but I didn't learn things as quickly. You know, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I've, I'm, I'm diagnosed ADHD. And when I was in school, I, I didn't do well. You know, I was a daydreamer and no, with no focus and, you know, but I was really good in drama and playwriting. And that was my space and being in the creative space, even in, you know, high school. So I think that as much as, you know, I've had some really, really good success and some really great jobs you know, the biggest, I've always been pulled to entrepreneurship, even when I had a job, I always was doing these side hustles. And even when I like when I had my daughter, I'm like, I'm gonna sell Tupperware, you know, because I thought that was very entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial, inaccessible. And yeah, and like, I sold Avon for a minute, (laughs) you know, Um, because it felt like mine, even though it was not but like, it was something that I could kind of control and and not have a boss. Yeah. <laughs> I don't do well with rules, you know, I don't do well with other people's idea of how things are done. And I never bought into that. There's a time and a place for rules and things that are done a certain way. Right? Yeah. But I'm creative and and I've always wanted to think, well, is there a new way to do it? Maybe, maybe not. But like maybe. I love that. Yeah, I love that. Like definitely thinking outside of the box, right? Because coming out of high school, we do those like work assessments and we're told one of these four jobs. (laughs) And it's like, well, they sound boring. So yeah, like I, I totally relate to like the journey. So were there times where you applied for a job and got it and or, you know, there's there's that energy around like, holy shit, like, this is a level up. And can I do this? Do I know what I'm doing? Like, what what came up for you when you had those big opportunities? Yeah, I think that the most interesting time when that happened, and it was one of the pivotal moments for me, was when I got a job at a radio station that's not on the air anymore. And as a promotions director, I was making really good money. My office was downtown in a high rise. And, you know, I was a single mom at the time. And the hours were so exhausting. I was in over my head. And no one had ever 
been there at that radio station before because it was new doing the things that I was doing. And so I really second guessed myself a lot. And but I still tried to work my butt off. And unfortunately, they brought a new management and the new management and I had a previous bad relationship. I don't know, we just didn't see eye to eye. And I had a feeling it wasn't going to go well. And on my birthday, (laughs) I was called in by HR, handed a letter saying that I was being restructured out of the company. And the job never felt right at any minute, even though it was money. And I thought it was what I wanted to do. And it felt like the natural next step. It definitely wasn't right. And I went through a period of like wanting to give up. After that, I remember I was temping, I was answering phones at a trucking company, and I just doing what I had to do to get by and make sure that my kids were taken care of. And I then I took a job at a ladies gym because I just thought I'm out of here. I'm out of this industry. I'm done. I need to do something different. And that didn't last either. So I ended up taking a very low paying junior position with the Winnipeg Sun. And I was a promotions assistant and there was a promotions coordinator and then there was a promotions manager. And it was great for me because it was a place for me to feel confident again because I was so good at it I was so overqualified when I met with the woman that was hiring me she said give me a year and I said okay (laughs) and so I stayed there a year it was the best for my self-confidence and getting out there again and yeah it was like a good turning point for me because after that experience of losing that job I'd never been fired from anything I've all I'd always like achieved a higher position or always just been, I'd always done so well at anything I'd ever tried. So that was a really, really hard lesson for me. And I didn't trust my gut. I was looking at it on paper at how good it looked. Even though there was something about it that didn't feel right, I did it anyways. And there's a big lesson in all of that. Yeah. And those it feels like a huge setback, right? Like you feel like you're coasting. I have this great job. Things are going really well. And then boom, so many people give up then. Yeah. So many people are like, fuck this. I guess it's not meant for me. But I almost did. I did for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> because I was hurting. For sure. I needed to kind of lick my wounds and uh, be out of kind of the community that I was in. For a minute had to pull back but then I got back into the industry and I got this phenomenal job at On Screen Manitoba as our marketing and membership manager. I was there for three years and I got to go to the Toronto Film Festival. We used to produce a party every year, the Banff World Television Festival. I got to go with a group of producers from Winnipeg to Sundance Film Festival I got to lead a mission of Western Canadian film producers in New York, again, way in way over my head. But I'm just like, okay, we're just going to do this. We're going to figure it out. I hadn't traveled a ton at that point in my life. Never been to New York. (laughs) I was a fish out of water, but I did it. It went well. It had its hiccups, you know, as any kind of travel adventure would. And with the most experienced person, you know, it would have had hiccups, but it was a phenomenal experience for me. 
Wow. The type of events that you've done, and I'll share some in the show notes. I'll share, you know, more links to your website and that sort of stuff. But the level of events that you've done and experienced, like, holy shit, so fucking <laughs> exciting. So cool. I love that. Yeah. yeah it's fun. As I as I stated earlier, like I started event planning and I think that was like 20. I don't know, 12, 13, 14 or something like that, which is where I met your partner, Dave Sherman. Yes. We were both contracted with a event management company and that was super cool. And that, and for me, that was sort of my path to being a speaker, which I, you know, wouldn't have known at the time, but I, (laughs) I loved events. I loved bringing people together. I loved, and I've done a couple of really big events that I'm really proud of. And I I believe that I'm really good at it, but I just knew it's not meant for me to be on the side of the stage. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Where, Where for me, I've always felt like I wanted to be behind the scenes and in a supporting role. And and yeah, yeah. And so that led me to managing a speaker for a minute and it didn't go well in the end, but that's, there's lessons in all of that. But then that brought me to Michael Redhead Champagne and realizing that you can have a career as a speaker and it can be very lucrative. And I was doing a bit of band management, but there was something about working with Michael, the idea of working with Michael that I really loved. I saw him speak at, I hired him to speak at an event. I'd never met him before. And he had everybody crying in 10 minutes. And he only spoke for 10 minutes. And then he just disappeared from the event. And so I tracked him down and I asked him if he wanted to have lunch. So we went for lunch to Kalekis, R.I.P. Kalekis. <laughs> um, and I I shared with him that I thought he had some magic and would he be willing to do work with me on a trial basis? And we've been at it for 11 years. Wow. It's been 11 years. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. I love Michael. Me too. And it's been such a beautiful journey. I've got to travel with him. I've had the opportunity to be in spaces that are exciting I've been in spaces with him that are sometimes very sad and heavy but finding the beauty in those moments and the power of community yeah it's just it's it's definitely shifted my focus from kind of wanting to do events be the producer of events like I still do it but I'm very selective about which ones and how many that we're taking on because I just, yeah, I just see so much magic in Michael and our work together. And it, you know, we do collaborate quite a bit. And it's definitely what lights me up these days. Nice. That's so beautiful. I love that. It definitely sounds like that's like the cherry on top of all of the efforts and experience that you've put into the industry. Yeah. Nice. That's beautiful. Yeah. And, and, you know, the music industry is a tough industry, but it's also fun and exciting. And I attended like several Juno awards and got to meet lots of exciting people and go to really cool events and, and parties and stuff. But this is hard work. And I, um, I went through a coaching journey about two years ago and it was something that I wrote down is that I wanted to kind of do more hard work. 
you know, because all of that stuff is exciting and fun and cool, but it just kind of lacks soul. And I feel like I'm a deeply soulful person. And that part was really missing for me. So my work with Michael definitely fulfills my soul. (laughs) That's so nice. And I can totally, I can totally see that. Thank you for sharing that. So one of the things that I like to be able to help listeners take away or to kind of like normalize the experiences that we have as women, as entrepreneurs, as people who are like pursuing big dreams, pursuing heart work, because that is risky, right? It's Mm -hmm. risky to say, I'm not going to take a job anymore. I'm going to start a business and, you know, trust in your own experiences to make a successful business and even taking on someone else as like, this is now a part of your business. Like all of that is risky and people are, people are afraid of that. And I find that a lot of my listeners, people who are coming to me for coaching, they're either on that verge of, okay, I'm taking the leap or they're before that leap. And they're just like, this is fucking scary. I feel crazy. Um, So what was that like for you? What was like, how did you go from having all these amazing jobs and opportunities as an employee and, you know, whatever contract or, you know, however that looked to going into your own business where it's just like, it kind of happened by accident also. Like we were, me and me and my husband run our business together and he and I had always kind of done some kind of freelance separately sometimes together but like you know when we could fit it in and we're very yin and yang I'm you know hyper creative love to be a part of like the building the ideas and he's hyper organized he's also very creative but he like thrives in like organization spreadsheets contracts event paths you know that's kind of where and stage management like that's where he he really shines and a a friend of mine needed some support. We were coaching her son's hockey, (laughs) her son at hockey, and she needed some support last minute. And so we took on a couple of projects for her and realized that maybe we should brand our business. Like we should come up with a name and like, maybe we should like make it official instead of hiring Angie, hiring Dave, kind of on the side, unofficially. um, We decided to formalize and it felt scary, but it also felt right. And, you know, what I was lacking, Dave had and, and what where he wasn't as strong, I am. So just the dynamic of us being able to like, to do events in such a, such a holistic way, just is it, just it feels right. And we met working together. <laughs> So we knew how we we worked together and somehow we managed to, people are always so surprised that we live together, work together and have been, and have been together for 21 years and still really like each other. (laughs) It's a beautiful partnership, like unique and special, like, and I think it's common for partners in business or, you know, maybe partners in marriage. I I don't know any experience in that area. having strength and skills in one area and then the the partner having the balance and the strength and skills in the other area but the fact that you guys have that all it's so unique and so special yeah it really it really is 
So I'm really, I'm very, really grateful. And uh, yeah, we're still at it. So, and we do some, some contracts separate from each other still, but like still Dave will be the in, invoicing and, and doing the contracts, but I might do the, the contract because it's PR and marketing. I'll get him to read some things, but I'm the contact and just full circle moment. I got hired by the jazz festival this year to do some PR and marketing support. And it was just like going home. It's kind of where my career in publicity started. And um, yeah, it was really, really special. So, and on the other side, Dave, he does, he'll get hired to stage manage or tech direct and I don't get involved in any of that. That's all him. And um, then we do stuff together. We're doing, Uh, a gala coming up and we haven't done one in a really long time so that's been kind of fun to kind of like like have to figure out how all of that works again and I'm sure it'll be like riding a bike yeah it's it's been good it's just been like oh yeah this is fun this is cool and Dave's like already doing his thing without me me or him having to say anything to each other we're just kind of doing our parts and yeah so it's really it's been really nice and then you come back into it and, and now you have all of this other experience and knowledge that you've gained and been practicing so it's going to be so easy peasy I bet yeah yeah no it's it's great and um you know my daughter started her entrepreneur journey and she's doing digital marketing and graphic design so we brought her on board to do all of the design work so it's been a really really fun little uh adventure nice so what would you say are some of the like your most favorite parts of your either what you're doing now or just of all time? Ooh, that's a good question. There's different things for different reasons. I'm a problem solver. So when there's challenging situations, I thrive. You know, I tend to come in as a fixer sometimes when an event might be struggling with sales They'll call me, I wish they called me sooner, but you know, here we are and come up with creative solutions and I get really excited when they work, (laughs) you know, some, not all, not all, not, I always say not, I have lots of ideas, not all of them are great, but I've got, I've got, you know, 10 more where the one, one not so great one came from. So Awesome. Yeah. So when it comes to. Like if, if there are any specific highlights of events or or anything specific, is there anything that? Oh, okay. Um, wow. Uh, there's so much, you know. Um, <laughs> I think that like recently getting Michael's book deal done and I, it's something that I saw for a long time and was bugging him about it constantly and the fact that it's coming out in January and and it's going to be real is really special I think that being at the Sundance Film Festival was very very surreal for me it was during uh, Barack Obama's inauguration so they had TVs on the street I you know I was in a movie screening with Spike Lee. I was in another one with Benjamin Bratt. I passed, I literally on this tiny little narrow street in the snow passed Pierce Brosnan. And I was like, 
what is life? He said, oh, excuse, excuse me, love. And I looked up and I'm like, it's James Bond as he's going by and you just have to keep going, right? Um, I, I was able to work on two Juno Awards as a seat filler coordinator for the live broadcast. Long, long days, but just so fun because we got to be there for the rehearsals and sound checks and then the big show coming. And I'm in a stairwell with Michael Bublé, Anne Murray, and Katie Lang. Like, oh, excuse me, excuse me. You know, and it's just like, what is life? You know, those kind of pinch me moments. <laughs> but also like having the opportunity to be in ceremony in the Indigenous community and be a part of the Manitowoc Festival for a number of years. We did the marketing, PR and sponsorship for them and, you know, being welcomed in and and being able to have those really, really special experiences that I cherish. I didn't know how much I love drumming. <laughs> and even now, it just, anytime I get to experience that, it just, I just feel so, so grateful. So it's kind of, you know, those exciting, kind of cool celebrity kind of moments. But then there's these, you know, grounded, like, soulful, really just special, special moments. Wow. Oh, it sounds so exciting. It sounds so exciting. I love that. Thanks for sharing those. So when it comes to making decisions as a, a leader in your business, as a leader in the industry, how do you make decisions? What's your process like for anything? Life decisions, business decisions? Because I, as an entrepreneur, I know it's like the same. There's a process for me that starts with, am I feeling respected right from the beginning? Are the vibes right? What is the reputation of the other person or organization? And how will that affect myself, my clients, and my business to bring something in? I'm very, very careful about who we work with. And I'm very protective of my other clients. Because I think that anything that we do is a reflection on everybody that's a part of the POP family and everybody who's ever worked for me. So I'm very careful not to say that I haven't made a couple mistakes along the way, but following that gut, following my intuition, we used to make decisions based on money alone. And that's not a, that's not the reason, that's not a good enough reason to make a decision. And there have been times when we've been burned, but you know, it's like kids, you know, mortgage, but like also doesn't feel right. And, you know, trying to navigate your way through it. And you have, to, I think sometimes you have to make the mistakes and then realize that it wasn't worth the money. And there probably was another way to make money. Mm -hmm. And now sometimes I don't know why, but if something just doesn't feel right, we do not do it. Mm -hmm. Ooh, I love that. If it's not a, Hell yeah, Jessica, it's a fuck no for me. Yes. Oh, I love that so much. And again, like you think about listeners who are like on the verge of doing something. And when you start a business, what my experience was like was I got kids to feed. Like I need to make fucking money. Like it's, yeah. it's scary. There were so many times where I felt foolish. Um, I didn't believe in myself enough to charge fees to ask for the money all of that stuff but there have definitely been times where I've either taken a job or a contract that I didn't love because I needed the money and I picked the money over it and I think I think that each of us has to experience that maybe I agree to feel that strength and confidence to know okay that was a mistake now I know 
And I'm, and when I don't feel that fuck yes, I'm going to say fuck no. Yeah. And, and I think that sometimes it's, it's, you have to, you know, it does come with experience of, of navigating that. It's like, am I, is this me second guessing myself or is it my intuition? Yes. You know, and those questions are like, am I just, am I just being dumb? Like, like, is this, you know, because on paper, this all makes sense. Why do I feel like I shouldn't do this? But is it, you know, self-confidence, but, or is it your intuition, your gut instinct, you know, and I'll tell you probably a hundred percent of the time it's your gut instinct. And there's something about that. And, and maybe it's not just, there's nothing wrong with it, but maybe by taking it, you're going to be missing a bigger opportunity that you're going to have to say no to because you said yes to it. It's not always, you know, there's something sinister kind of lurking, but sometimes, you know, there's a better thing that's just about to come to you. And it's hard to know, but the more I've trusted that, the better my business has become and the happier that I am. And it's because Dave is very analytical and he's managing the books and those invoices and, you know, and I'm just, and I say, okay, this is what I'm going to quote for something. And he'll be like, why that much? I'm like, my gut tells me that this is how much we're going to quote. And he's an analytical thinker. He's like, what if we don't get it? I think it's too much. And then we get it. And it's just like, (laughs) told you. you. (laughs) And he's like, I know I shouldn't second guess you. you (laughs) But it's just, you know, it's, it's how the magic works. And you have to take the risk to get the magic. You do. And it's even just in little things, Jessica, like I have this thing like that's called parking karma because I believe I'm going to get a good parking spot anywhere I go. And it almost pisses my family off because they're like, how does this always happen to you? Like my daughter, I took her car to run home to get something. And then I came back and I parked it at, at the soccer plex for my granddaughter's soccer game. I didn't tell her where, what parking spot. I got the first parking spot when you came into the building. And so I handed her keys. She goes, where's my car? And she's like, oh, right in front of my face. Of course, of course you got this spot. <laughs> she's like, I hate you. <laughs> she doesn't hate me, but well, you know. <laughs> no, I love it. And you know what? Like I've been as I'm going on like deeper and deeper levels of my spirituality and my intuition and all of that stuff, like I'm, I'm learning and I feel the need to share this right now is like, that's a core belief that you have. And you had to probably change things around in your mindset yeah, to believe it because we can say things like I get, you know, I get the best parking and then it doesn't come. So the difference, and again, like to listeners the difference is that it's a core belief. Like you've worked on it. You believe it. There's no doubt. And when it comes to using our intuition for creating a life of magic and like manifestation, all of that stuff, it's really working on your core beliefs. So yeah. So- and I do that through meditation and making sure my mindset is in a good, a good place. And I fall off the wagon with it for sure. But I find that things are flowing best when I'm meditating at least once a day, twice a day is is better. And depending on, you know, my mood, sometimes I, I'm a little bit nervous about what's coming. So I'll do a money manifestation meditation, or maybe I'm just my stress levels are up. So then I'm doing deep breathing, surrender type meditation. Maybe I need a self-love meditation 
it's just there's all kinds of meditations out there, app, Spotify, YouTube. I mean, it's so accessible for people. And it changed my life. And it made me trust my intuition more than I ever had before. And the great thing is, is that working with Michael, my decisions affect him too. And so he trusts it too. And he, and it, and it's been proven (laughs) to be right. And he has a very strong intuition and I trust his, he trusts mine. And so that partnership really works and it's, it's rooted in intuition, love. We're always coming from a place of pureness there's no faking anything it's just so I don't know it's the most it's the most real I've ever been with a client and they've been with me and 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 because of that we're having amazing success yay oh I love it beautiful way to end I love how conversations always wrap up where they need to be so Angie Magic on Instagram and (laughs) talk to pop on Instagram and talk to pop.com anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners? I don't, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, I feel very grateful for this time to chat with you, Jessica. And I just think that like, follow your magic. Yes. You it's, it's in all of us. And if anybody ever wants any uh, suggestions on meditations, they can hit me up in my DM. Yes. (laughs) And, and any advice and support for events, business, marketing, <laughs> all of the yeah. other that pop entertainment yeah. does. Amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. And come back next week for the next podcast. Bye. Woo. Hey, thanks so much for listening. I hope that we've connected on Instagram at jessicadumas.ca. I wanted to let you know that I have a masterclass coming up. It is going to be a series of six. This is number one. And we're talking about using intuition because your intuitiveness has everything to do with authenticity. You can find the link in my bio on Instagram to register or the link in the show notes. It happens August 15th at noon cst there's an early bird price so check that out thanks so much for being here and listening to the podcast miigwech ecosse merci i want to take every opportunity that i can to tell you that you are worthy and if something in this message resonated with you please leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts and send a link to your sister your best friends and your cousins because if there was something in this message that resonated then they might want to hear about it too If maybe taking a screenshot is your thing, share it on your Instagram story and don't forget to take me at jessicadumas.ca.